0: You are listening to Rabbi Arya wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Thinking Talmudist Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thinking Talmudist Podcast. My name is Rabbi Arya wolby It's so wonderful to be back here. We've been off for a couple of weeks. I was traveling, and I apologize for the inconvenience to your Talmud study schedule. So I want to learn with you a Talmud that relates to this week's Torah portion. And that is something we spoke about in the past previously that illness, illness is a great blessing of for which Yaakov prayed for illness. He prayed to become ill prior to his passing. And if we look in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Vayichi, chapter 48 verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that someone said to Yosef, Behold, your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Menashe and Ephraim, with him. And as we know, uh, the story in this week's Parsha, as you can listen to on our Parsha Review podcast, Yaakov continues to bless Menashe and Ephraim. Specifically so that the, the blessing to the Jewish children forever will be in the name of Menashe and Ephraim. Why? Because Ephraim and Menashe grew up not in a Jewish community where there was a lot of resources, where they had a Jewish federation and a Jewish community center or a torch center or a Jewish day school. None of it. They grew up in Egypt in the most materialistic place on planet earth, the most decadent society, and yet they persevered in their Judaism, in their spirituality, in their holiness, in their greatness, in their commitment and devotion to Hashem, and the blessing that Yaakov is giving is that forever all the Jewish children should always be blessed like Menashe and Ephraim. So let's focus for a second on this statement, the Hine avicha Hole, your father is ill. So the Talmud says, the Talmud in Sanhedrin 107b. Avram loha until the time of Abraham there were no visible signs of old age now Abraham and Isaac's features appeared identical and thus called the Avram Yitzchak. whoever saw Abraham Abraham would say hey this is Isaac Avram and whoever saw Isaac would say hey that is Abraham people would get confused between the two why because there was no such thing as as old age. You didn't look old. <inaudible> Avram beseeched God for mercy so that he should have physical indications of old age. And from then on, visible signs of old age came into being. Talmud now brings a proof to this. What's the proof? We know everything needs to be sourced in the Torah. Shanema. There's a verse in the Torah. Genesis twenty-four, verse one, as it is stated, now Abraham was old, well on in years. Ad Yaakov lo Until the time of Jacob, there was no feebleness preceding death. Ba rachme vehavi Jacob beseeched God for mercy, and from then on, feebleness came into being. Shenemar, as it states in the verse. As it states, and he said to Joseph, "Behold, your father is ill." And then we see something else from Elisha. Ad Elisha hava inish the until the time of Elisha, there was never an ill person who recovered from his illness. Elisha then Elisha came and beseeched God for mercy. When he was ill and he recovered. Shinemar, how do we know this? The verse says, the verse says in Kings 2, chapter 13, verse 14, the Elisha Cholo Asher yumas bo. Elisha took ill and his illness from which he would die, which implies that he had previously contracted other illnesses from which he was recovered. When it says the illness from which he died, it's referring to the there were other illnesses that he didn't die from and that he was healed from. So from here, the Talmud tells us, very interestingly, that Yaakov prayed so that there be illness in the world. We'll see why in a minute. Let's look at the commentary. The Gemara Bar-Metzir relates that God made Isaac's features appear similar to Abraham's to eliminate the claims of scoffers, remember, that Sarah was take was abducted. People thought. People may deduce. Oh, now she's pregnant. It must be that it was from the Pharaoh. Because scoffers would claim that Abraham could not have parented him at the age of one hundred years old, since there was no visible visible signs of old age such as gray hair. It was difficult to distinguish Abraham from Isaac. So Hashem made them look identical, so that nobody would think that he wasn't the son of Abraham. The primary purpose of this is to ensure that elderly people are treated respectfully by their juniors. So there's a number of reasons why it's important for people of older age to look older. So the first is what the Medrash Tan says, so that people have proper respect for the elderly. But there's more to it. We also know that the greatest value in Judaism is the value of wisdom. And our sages teach us, the Rambam rules like this, that one must stand for the elderly even if they're not Jewish. Even if, by the way, they're not scholarly because someone there's something called the wisdom of life. And someone who lives life has wisdom, has a lot of months they needed to pay rent, has a lot of experience, uh, perhaps parenting experience, perhaps life experience, business experience perspective that's worthwhile for us to investigate. If we wouldn't know who is old, we wouldn't know who to look up to. Uh, my rabbi would say frequently that white here is like the eye when you're in in a, in a in an airport, you're looking for information for the information desk. So you look for that eye, you know, that white eye in the blue, you look, you look for that and then you know, Oh, information center here. I can ask for information. Where's my gate or where's this? What do we, you know, white here, Means information center. White here means this person has life's experience. It's a, an incredible gift. We can see it like, ah, oh, old age. Avram prayed for it. Avram prayed for it. The Gemara continues here. The ta- the, the commentaries explain here. The previous verse already stated, Vavram Va was boy Abraham and Sarah were old. Abraham and Sarah were old. Well on in years. That verse which describes Abraham and Sarah prior to Isaac's birth refers to chronological old age as the verse referring to the old men of Sodom. The verse cited here which describes Abraham at a time when Isaac was already a grown man with a full beard who was seeking a wife therefore means that Abraham was visibly old for his beard turned white. Since Isaac was about to be married, It was especially important that father and son not be mistaken for each other. Commentaries continue here of Yaakov's story. Why was it important for Yaakov to pray for illness prior to death? The purpose of such feebleness would be to allow the children of the dying person to travel from their respective places and be at their father's side in his last hours. Further... This would allow the father the opportunity to instruct his family as to how they should conduct themselves after his death. Pirkei de Rabbi Lezer explains further, from the time of creation up until Jacob's time, no man would take ill before death. Rather, a man walking on the road or in the marketplace would sneeze and his soul would exit via his nostrils. This, Pirkei de Rabbi Lezer says, is the origin for the custom to respond to, Lachaim, life, when someone sneezes, the equivalent of Gesundheit or God bless you, it stands to reason that even before Jacob, a person could experience feebleness before death when the feebleness was due to an injury. So we see here that something that many of us would consider to be really tragic, someone's sick, someone is ill. Yaakov prayed for it because Yaakov saw it as a sign of 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 mercy almost, where Hashem was gifting a person with illness prior to their death so that their family can come and be with them, so that they can give guidance, like we see that Yaakov did. Yaakov gave guidance. He gave counsel to his children. He told them what the direction in their life, what each of the children, what they should focus on, what their strengths were, what their weaknesses were, We see this, we mentioned this previously in the Partial Review podcast. We mentioned how the greatest blessing one can give is the blessing of criticism. Criticism that comes from the heart. Criticism that comes with love. Criticism that comes because you care about another person. Not criticism that one just wants to let something off their chest and yell at somebody else. I'm upset so I'm just going to share with someone else everything that they did wrong but rather true, honest, loving criticism to someone. And the Talmud tells us, we'll hopefully do this Talmud in our uh, Thinking Talmudist series. The Talmud in Yevamot says, I believe it's 65B, says that just as it's a mitzvah to reprimand someone if you know that they will listen, it is a mitzvah to not reprimand someone, to withhold that criticism if... They won't listen. And the question always asked is how do we know? Well, if you have any doubts, don't be criticizing people. If you know someone really, really well, you'll know exactly in what way you can criticize them and what way you cannot criticize them. And that's the, the true lesson that we learned from Yaakov and how he guides his children right before he dies. He gets all his children around his bed and he gives each one instruction. This is your strength. Utilize it. This is your strength. Utilize it. This is your strength. Utilize it. This is your weakness. Be cautious. Be careful. Like he says to to Ruven, Pachas Kamaim, You were too quick, impulsive. Therefore, kingship is not for you. As a king, you need to be able to think things through. You need to be able to deliberate. It's one of the virtues that we talk about in our 48 ways. You need to have... Deliberation, be yishuv. You can't be hasty. You can't be impulsive. But Yaakov uses this opportunity right before his death to give guidance, to give counsel, to give instruction for his future generations. So, interestingly, it uses the word hine. Hine means behold, which is typically indicates something new or surprising, which there would never was illness before. Hine avicha chole. Behold, this is the first time ever. There's never been something like this where someone would get, would fall ill in such a way. Then when we talk about Alicia, it says that there was prior to, to Alicia's illness and recovery from that illness, there was never a deathly ill person who recovered. Okay. So that, that's, I think, a, a, an important little, a little message for us to constantly keep a clear understanding of Hashem's mercy. Hashem loves us. Hashem cares about us. And when we pray, it has great power. See, Abraham prayed, and he was answered. We see that Isaac prayed, he was answered. Jacob prayed, he was answered. Elisha prayed, he was answered. In fact, one of the very interesting things that we see, uh, we mentioned this previously, that if someone mistakenly killed someone else, they would run to the city of refuge. If someone did it purposely and didn't have witnesses, they would also run to the city of refuge. Why? Because someone who death has fallen through their hands uh, was an indication that they were not on the side of goodness. And they would run to the city of refuge. What would happen in the city of refuge? They were protected. It was a protected, they were in exile. The family couldn't do any acts of uh, retaliation. The Talmud tells us that the mother of the high priest would feed them and clothe them and take good care of them. Why? So that they not pray that the Kohen God will die. Because as soon as the Kohen, the high priest would die, they would all be let free because that would be an atonement for all of them, and then they would all be set free. So you wonder, these are not the greatest characters of society. These are the, all the prison inmates, and what's the mother of the Kohen God worried about? That these lives, who all have blood on their hands, that these guys don't pray that the high priest die, her son. I mean, come on. These are not exactly the, uh, the Moses and uh, Joshua of the generation. Right. Who were these people? These were these were the the murderers. This is this is like death row. Like these are the people you worried about. These are the you know sages tell us. Guess what? Even the prayers of the lowliest people are answered, and that's what that's what the mother of the kohen gadol, that's what the mother of the high priest was concerned about. She was concerned. Yes, even their prayers are answered. There's nobody whose prayers go unanswered. Talmud says this. Ein Tfila choseres rekom. There's no prayer that goes unanswered. And here we see Yaakov prayed for illness, and we think that illness is not exactly the thing that God would listen to him for. What do you mean? Cruel? No, it's not cruel. It's a it's a a loving, kind gesture, so to speak, that Hashem bestows upon a person so that they know that the end is near, so that they're able to recalculate. They're able to reevaluate. They're able to repent. They're able to bring their family close to them. So, obviously, we pray that we never have illness. We pray that we never be harmed by illness. But we have to understand that every time there is an illness, it's a time for us to awaken ourselves to teshuva, to repentance. It's a time for us to reevaluate and recalculate our direction. Maybe Hashem is giving me this as a wake-up sign. Maybe he's giving it to me as a wake-up call. Maybe I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going down the wrong path. Maybe I need to recalibrate, reevaluate, and head in the right direction. So it's definitely a message. We said we talked about this on one of the recent podcasts of that the the replacement for prophecy is pain. The replacement for prophecy is pain. Hashem communicates with us through pain, through illness. Hashem should bless us all. We should never encounter any illness. But if we do, it should be one that awakens us to do teshuva, to do repent, to do the proper repentance. And hopefully we all live a very long and healthy life. Hashem should bless us all with good, healthy, years to come. Amen.